Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Tom Davis here, the host of the No Bad Dogs podcast. A uh, couple things is th- this is uh, this this is <laughs> this is a interesting podcast. I think you guys are gonna laugh and maybe get frustrated and uh, have different emotions. It's a roller coaster. This is a one of the more interesting onlines I've ever done. Um, this owner is committed, but also doesn't want to listen to what I have to say, but also does, but also then commits and then stops committing. And it's a very interesting podcast. And, uh, I, I applaud her for being honest. And I also applaud her for reaching out to get help, even though she knows the things that she's doing is wrong. So it's a very roller coaster emotionally, uh, podcast. And I think you guys are going to, uh, be entertained and, and hopefully learn some stuff as well. So, uh, before we get into it, as you guys know, at the end of the podcast, I answer three questions that you guys leave in the review column. So if you guys want me to answer your specific dog training questions, uh, Spotify doesn't do reviews. Um, they do ratings, uh, but you can head over to iTunes and leave your review and your question. So I'm going to do that at the end. So make sure you listen to the end. But yeah, this is um, this is interesting for sure. I, it was like, it, it was, you'll just have to listen to it. But the other thing is, is I've been doing my my damnedest to um, timeline the explicit uh, language in some of these podcasts, and sometimes I miss them. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that, you know, there might be some swear words that, that come through. So anyway, let's get into the podcast, but before we do, if you guys aren't part of the No Bad Dog Members Club and you want more information, click the link below. It's a $19.99 subscription-based club. If you guys like my YouTube videos, you'll love the uh, Members Club because it's my full-length videos over an hour long for each video. Let's get into the podcast. So my dog, Romeo, is a rescue. I've had him approximately three and a half years. So he's about nine and a half now. Some One vet thinks he's a little younger. Here's the situation with my dog. He's incredibly lovable, like a pit, like Velcro. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is attached to me at the hip. I think it's fair to say that for two and a half years he has pretty much been with me 24 7 and i mean by my side with the exception of two vacations that i had to take with you know my mother whatever and he went to uh the place that i adopted him from he was a troubled dog he'd been adopted before i did and he was returned these are the reasons and they've gotten worse Aside from him being insanely devoted to me, and I can control him, in uh, I don't have any problems with him. I walk him. I'm, you know, he's not a problem for me at all. We're completely connected. He is dog reactive, and I might, you, you know, you'll have to tell me or we'll discuss whether that actually means he's dog aggressive. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And on a very few occasions, he has become people reactive always outside my house Mm. okay so my life uh is no longer um 
I can no longer just stay home with him 24 seven. Um, and I also, by the way, I take him in the car everywhere I go. I take him to stores. I stopped taking him shopping because of a few incidents that have occurred. For instance, he grabbed the sweater of the manager of the pet store where I used to take him every day for socialization and fun because I live alone and he doesn't get to see other people. And that situation was my fault because he was fixated on a ferret in a cage and uh, you know he wanted to eat it. He was still, he's a stealth attacker. He doesn't bark. He's super quiet, which makes me think there's an aggression there, not just a reaction there. And the manager who knows him quite well walked between him and the ferret and, and um, uh, you know, it was too close for him. I should not have let that happen. And he didn't hurt her. I mean, he could kill her if he wants to. He weighs 90 pounds. But um, he he grabs her sweater. Okay, that's, you know, he shouldn't go anywhere near her, right? He shouldn't touch her. So since then, that happened three months ago. He's been to the vet several times. Did he have an earache? What kind of medicine can I put him on? Why did he do this? And I haven't taken him to any stores. I need your help. Number one... Um, trying to figure this out and create situations rather and bring and possibly bring him into situations where he won't do this. Here's what's happened. I've been a very good dog owner and I have very rarely put him in situations that would create a problem to my knowledge. Okay. The first time he attacked a dog, I was shocked that that happened. And that was the uh, <clears throat> last time I brought him anywhere near dogs. And they're all small dogs. The second time he attacked a dog, he ran out of my house, ran down the block, and he nearly killed a um, little tiny dog. I forget their names, the little horse dogs. Anyway, um, I paid for all that vet care, etc. So I've never taken him near dogs again. I walk him at odd times. I walk him in weird places, like in parking lots of shopping malls, places where there aren't likely to be dogs. And on a rare occasion when I just feel the, you know, I'll take him walking in the neighborhood and I know to be extremely vigilant. Mm -hmm. And I watch every hair on his body, every movement of his eyelids, you know what I mean? And um, he's pretty good at listening to me if the dog is across the street, right? He would be like, okay, you can do this. No, yeah, and I'm, I'm react. I, I've watched a lot of videos, all that stuff. So he knows that good boy is face forward and don't even look at that other dog, you know? And mind you, I walk him on just a little harness, not a harness around his body. He has no choke collar. He's nothing like that. I'm a small old woman and he's a 90 pound dog. So, and I can definitely control him, but nobody else can. And I need to go away. I, my son is actually um, going to take care of him. My son is the only person I trust with him uh, because during COVID, my, my son is 24, lived here with uh, him. And, um, but my son cannot be trusted with him around other people in the street. Okay, the last time my, my son took him for a walk, he freaked out that when we got to the corner, Another dog was coming, you know, per, uh, like at a right angle and the dog, you know, got very aggressive. And of course, that's because my son is not as vigilant as me and my dog should not have been in that situation. And my dog has not been trained to behave 
in that situation, given okay. that he's old. Okay, so that's the situation here. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so so you're. I know you said number one a couple of times, and and I think really what it what it comes down to is you need your son to control the dog. Is that what it is? Uh, no, I need my son A, and really I I the number two. Is I don't know if it's possible to go this far. I feel like my dog wants to interact with other dogs. I don't know if that's true. I know that. Why do you feel that? Because he has been around other dogs, German Shepherds, big dogs, um, and 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 he has done well with them. And I feel that he's very interested in other dogs. I can't always tell if he wants to kill them. If they're small, he definitely wants to kill them. But if they're his size or bigger, I can't tell whether he just wants to experience them and enjoy them and he's desperate for that relationship or whether he is being aggressive. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that he wants to have a, a normal dog life. Mm-hmm. Well, I know co- I sound crazy, but I'm not. Well, a couple things is uh you know control is is number one and then um kind of getting into muzzle training would be number two so so when you say when you're out and you can control them but but then when there's a dog like so i'm just wondering like when there's another dog or there's there's something that happens and you can't control them like that's the first thing that i would be working on if 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 that that's my suggestion is that like if you go out or your son goes out with them and then you hit the hit the right road at the right time with another dog and then he freaks out that's the first thing i would be working on is that control okay uh can i say he doesn't freak out if he sure. is he's he's a stealth attacker you get it I like do. i mean i know you get it i know you know what i'm talking about he doesn't freak out He's completely quiet. He stares and then he spins around. Not continuously. Right. Okay. But what about cuz I know your your number one or your A is your son walking with them and you Or sp- anybody else. Like I can't have a dog walker. I can't even bring him to a kennel. Right. My mother is sick in Florida, and I need to go visit her. My son has given me three days. He has to travel here, take care of the dog. It's a huge issue. Yeah. But he can't go to a kennel. Right. So um, what's the issue with your son? Oh, my son. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I I was just going to say, I thought you said that with your son, he's he's freaked out at other dogs on on the walk or something like that. Um. My dog, my excuse me, my I wasn't there to witness it, but my son, uh, um, my son described it that way. But I don't, I, I, I don't mean to uh, create the visual impression t- for you that the dog was barking and jumping, and he doesn't do that. Okay, so what do you think? You, he- you know, I, mean, I think you got the idea of what kind of a dog he is, right? Yes. I mean, he's not a jumpy, freaked out, stupid ass dog. He's like. I'm no, going he's to a, kill you. Yeah, he's a terrier, <laughs> and that's what terriers do, is they they kill things, and so I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out because I think your number one or your A that you really are are focused on is your son taking care of the dog. It's, no, okay. I have to correct that. I gave you the wrong impression. Okay. My son lives in Manhattan, and he's super busy, and he will like see the dog twice a year. 
Okay. I mean, yes. I mean, he's coming here to babysit him, to dog sit him while my mother is sick, and I might have to engage him again for that. Okay. But the overall project is to be able to – can I train this dog or get this dog to a situation where other people could take care of him? Okay, come on in. We're talking about you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I think um... – or is he too old? <laughs> well, I don't think he's. I don't think he's too old. I just think that he's very smart. What, right? what is the What is the problem about other people taking care of him? Is what I need to know. Okay, the risk that he could attack is, somebody else, not them, right? But that he could bite somebody in the street, or that he could uh, attack another dog. Right, and so that that to me comes back down to control on the leash because if he's a dog that. Again, when we talk about it, for, from what you're saying, yeah, I mean, I talk about these types of dogs all the time where I, I tell people that it's very rare that we actually get a dog that is instinctually aggressive towards other dogs. And, and by that, I mean because of their breed, because some breeds are just locked and loaded and there's they're silent killers. And those are the dogs that are that are that mean it. They their mouth is shut and they are silent till they approach their victim, and they kill it like a ragdoll. So I, I, just... can, I agree with you. Can I just add a bit? Sure. I just want to describe how he behaved with the two little dogs that he attacked. Okay. The first one was in a pet store. It was a tiny puppy. The owner let the little puppy down, and the little puppy walked towards my dog. My dog picked it up in his mouth. He did not shake it. Now I my my I had a, an adopted dog beforehand before this one it was a German shepherd who killed cats raccoons everything right he would pick it up and shake the shit out of it until it died this he picked this puppy up and he put this puppy down mm. I don't know I thought he was like is this a toy is this what my mom did am I going to kill it he acted like we didn't even think there was anything we didn't think anything happened to the puppy and indeed the puppy had a puncture wound Right. Mm -hmm. Just from the. OK. The second time he attacked a dog, also a small dog, happens to be the most annoying dog in the neighborhood, barking all the time. He probably had it out for this dog. He did. He he fought the owner for the dog. Basically, he picked it up. And again, he did not. I By the time I ran down the block, he did not shake the dog. I don't know if that matters to you. Does it matter that he doesn't shake it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, no. to me there was a difference, but I don't know better. Okay, so it doesn't matter. The mere putting it in his mouth is enough <laughs> to say that he has that killer instinct? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. Just because, you know, his intentions are his intentions are maybe unde undecided, but still the way he's doing it. I mean, if he's fighting a human being to get to another animal— it's, you know, if nobody intervenes, he's, you know, it's just likely that something's going to happen. But I think, again, I think it comes down to control. Control. Because, yeah. you know, I, I think in those situations, um, there's going to be, it's just control. So I, I think that that's where it comes down to is your obedience on the leash. And with a dog like this, I would highly recommend off-leash obedience as well. Because if you have that good obedience, you can... You can go out and do the things that you were doing before, and, and that would be advised with muzzle training. And you're exposing them with the lady at the pet store. That was a prey-driven thing. That was a frustration Right, and he thing. got confused. He knows better, but he can't help himself. 
kind right. of thing. Yeah, so it was just frustration and that was a build. And so if you if you applied obedience or some sort of control over that situation, it wouldn't have happened. Or same right. thing. Right, I should have gotten between him and her, right? Well, I just think you should have said heal and walked away. Oh, heal. You see, he doesn't do those things. And I'm lousy. That's what I'm saying. Is At so, dominating. I mean, yeah, can I say something? I'm the kind of person, because I know you teach, you're training people also, right? Oh, mostly. I am a, like um, a, a Dr. Doolittle type. I mean, I've had parrots. I've, you know, they don't, I'm, I love animals. And I know you think this is crazy, but because you're a dog trainer, but they love me back or they respect me or there's something about them that, you know, raises their interest in cooperating. I don't understand that myself, but I'm not a dominating type. So I just want to add in my backyard, I have been able successfully to off leash the dog and he listens, come on in, whatever. Um, in fact, before I even knew he was an attacker, I actually walked him off leash and he was great. However, like in the middle of the night, we're out there walking and he saw a raccoon and he's gone. So since he, uh, you know, uh, uh, grabbed my neighbor, my, the manager's sweater, I have never let him off leash, even in the backyard. I can't, I can't let him do that. He's already been reported mm -hmm. once. They will put him down. I can never put him in that situation where he's off leash, at least without training, right? Yeah. So, so there so, you go. And I'm not a terribly dominant type, so I don't know if you can. I don't help think me. I don't. I don't think dominant has anything to do with anything. I think okay. I think being able to control your dog has nothing to do with being dominant at all. Like not even they're not even. It's not even. They're in not this, related. Not at all. You being able to ask your dog to do something in an environment that is potentially dangerous for other people and other dogs. Is not dominant at all. I got gotcha. you. You saying, "Hey, let's walk this way instead," is not dominant, right? I got gotcha. you. But if you have a dog at the end of the leash, out of control and not able to help the situation, then you're just putting your dog in a situation for being put down at some point because you can't right. control the dog. And it's the same right. thing with your with your son. Control transfers. Right. So because you don't have any obedience and you don't have any control over the dog that's ultimately going to be you know the the the, the end of the, that's that's the problem okay can you can we is it possible if we can use the term and you tell me if you don't agree with it that uh, the term enough instead of any like, i feel like i don't have enough control so, so I, I feel like there's hope because you, i can say to him if i see another dog Let's cross the street, Romeo. Look this way. Good boy. Good boy. So long as I keep that up every, you know, nanosecond, good boy, he will listen to me. And I don't, he doesn't drag me. He could, he could, but he doesn't. Right. So I feel like I have some control over the dog, but I haven't been able to take it to the next level. Okay. So the obedience, I guess, is what I'm talking about. Cause you're, because you told me that you don't have any of that stuff, so that's what I was. Referring. I don't have any dominance, is what I said. Dominance. So, so okay. Dom I'm sorry, I don't want to get into semantics. Wind. I just want you. Know, it's a little subtle. Like he's, he's a great dog, but he's a dangerous dog. You right. understand me? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a loaded gun, and if you don't have the proper training for that loaded gun, then the, I understand he, the dog will yeah. be put down, and you'll get, you know, it won't be good. So, so again, like dominance has, I, I don't understand. Dominance is literally compulsion. That is making an animal do something 
you know, that they, that they don't necessarily want to do and forcing them to do it every time right. you're asking them. So I don't, I can't even do that. I don't even, I'm just like not capable of that. Right. And I, and I don't, I don't think you should. I'm just saying obedience cues, like, like with children, if you don't teach them their ABCs and please and thank you, right? they're not going to be able to learn their, and, and live their life. And that's what your dog doesn't have. Right. Okay. So, do, so I'm not asking you to dominate your dog. I'm asking you to simply control your dog with verbal cues to say, hey, this is what I want you to do alternatively. Right. Gotcha. And that's something you don't have. So, th- so that's what I'm saying is like if I, have a, if I have a trained dog and I transfer that trained dog to somebody else, that trained dog is going to do what they're trained to do with somebody else as well. Which oh, is, which, okay. Which it's is, not just a relationship. No, uh, no. Obedience is asking your dog to do something. And anybody can ask. Yeah, it's control. So, please and thank you. Yes, no, up, down, over, this way, all those so things. So why, why do people who send their dogs away for training and the dog is great and then they come home and they fail? It's because they're not consistent with their ask. They it's, don't ask. They don't control their dog. Yeah, it, it, it. sometimes it's just the application of how the owners are then doing it. And I also find it's it's the it's the amount of times that the the dog owner allowed their dogs to do whatever they want, and so if you have beforehand, a beforehand, re- yeah, beforehand, you mean, yeah, because yeah. the dog is like, you're full of shit, I can get away with this, yeah. And so, like, if you you know, the board and train almost becomes like, you know, the strict uncle or aunt, where it's like, oh, I gotta listen here because you guys are serious, and this is my relationship with you guys, and so we see that a lot often. But I just think, like I said, I think it's important for you to just have that control. And I don't think, like I said, I I think when you get into situations where you have a 90 pound dog and they, you know, decide to do something, it's like, you got to have leverage and you got to have an alternative ask. Cause I don't, I just don't think it's fair for your dog to not know those very basic things of like Mm -hmm. heel is walk nicely on the leash and uh, leave it is disengage with whatever you're locked into and so if you're at the pet store and he's locked into these ferrets and basically what you're doing is you're setting up for anybody to walk between him and the ferrets to get nipped right. at and you can't say hey we're gonna go the other way this is bad like that is ultimately you setting your dog up for failure because of that right i said it was 100 percent my fault yeah i knew it so so i think just again it, it's not about what can we do to turn things on and off and just completely like stop things because that's not going to happen. There is going to be some press- suppression and there is going to be some compulsion to this to say, I know what you want to do, but you got to do something alternatively. You can't go and attack this dog or even go see another dog because it's not safe. Mm-hmm. So I think it just comes down to control. And that's why, you know, if you don't have that communication at a baseline, Or if I was like, okay, I want to see you walk your dog around the room on a loose leash heel and then ask him to sit and stay with a minimal distraction. Like if you can't do that, then... I cannot do that. Yeah. First of all, he doesn't know stay. Right. So that's all the control. And he doesn't heal. Yeah, that's all the control. So your dog has no... Your dog has zero foundation. So there's no way, no way you'll be able to be successful in situations that your dog wants to innately, primally go and do something if you have no leverage. 
So you have right. no you have no ability to correct the dog if they decide to flip you off and go try to kill something, A. And then B, you don't have the communication and foundational skills to say, here's what I want you to do alternatively, don't make a mistake. So you have two things that are f- absolutely pinnacle for making a, a dog with this primal drive um, to be successful. You don't have either of those. You just have, you know, just a just a dog at the end of the leash and you're keeping him successful, which is great because you're, you're doing, I your... love him. <laughs> yeah. But it's a full-time job. Really. I mean, my friends have said I'm a prisoner to the dog. Right. But I think you're, and... I think that the imprisonment and, and that, that type of, that type of relationship is simply because you're not teaching him what else you want him to do. Yeah, I know. So I need help. So what can you, can you, can you help me on the phone? You see, you're far away. I live in, you know, a suburb. I live in New Jersey, and um, also, I'm forced retired as a result of uh, COVID, which I wasn't planning on. So, you know, finances are an issue. I, you know, so I just, is there anything you can help me with on the phone? I, I, know, I know it would be best if I came up there with the dog and stayed in your hotel and did all that stuff, which maybe I would end up doing. Maybe I will do that. Maybe that's the only way to be successful. I'd like your opinion. Yeah, I think what I would do is I would start off with, with understand do, do you under do you understand what i'm saying when i say like yes i'm okay. i'm very smart i'm a lawyer by the way i'm very smart words are really a matter they matter to me i really understand what you're saying okay, and great. i really respect you and i've watched a lot of dog trainers and you know everything on youtube and tv and whatever and i really respect you i really understand what you're saying thank you good okay so i think Let's talk about like some foundation stuff, and I want to walk you through a couple different things that I think would be really beneficial. The answer is yes, I can help you out on the phone, but you know it, it, it's it's easier said than done. But it's going to be better than you know sitting around going, "What the hell do I do now?" So this this is going to put you in the right direction of the things that you have to start working on. And I think the first thing that I would do is um, work on your your so. I'm going to go through a couple of basic obedience cues that that I think you should start really developing uh, behaviorally. And so the first thing is the heel. So I'm going to walk through these, and then we'll we'll kind of go through some questions um, after, and 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 then we'll work through the things that you know you may have problems with. But I think the first thing is the heel. So when you're asking a dog to heel, essentially what that is is you're saying I want you to walk nicely next to me on a loose leash at my heels. That's what heel is. Now, the reason why we introduce heels to puppies as early as 10 weeks all the way up through their life, so when they're babies, we introduce these behavioral cues just like we would with a human of, you know, A, B, C. Like these are the basic, basic things that dogs need to learn in order to fundamentally live their life. So you can go out with your dog when they're six months and say, hey, heel, and then they're not pulling on the leash, they're not right. going left. I, I understand the value. I understand what it is. Uh, also, I'm a mother of a successful person. I was a great mom, but he was such a quick learner. If he had not been a quick learner or if he had had a strong instinct to be other than what I expected him to be, I might have been a horrible mother. Can you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, my, uh, So I, I get what you're saying, and what I'm saying is um, I don't know how to ask the dog to heal and help him learn that. I don't know how. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to go over some of these things and then we'll talk about the applications, but I have to tell you what they are first. Okay. I understand heal. I understand okay. the reason. Okay. 
So the the application of that in 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 reality is is if you're out with your dog and you say heel, that means that they have to be on your left side walking in a loose leash. So it'll counter what he may want to do. So again, it's a bit of suppression. It's a little bit of compulsion, right? Where he's like, oh, there's a dog. Or even for like, you know, every other dog, there's a squirrel. You say, hey, I know you want to go chase the squirrel, but you got to walk nicely. So that'll be a huge benefit. And we'll talk about how to do that in a minute. The other thing is leave it which means you have to disengage off of whatever you're focused on. So disengagement uh, could be squirrel, dog, person, ferret, whatever. And you can use these things in reality. And we'll talk about how to do that in a minute. And then the place command and then the stay command. So the place is essentially teaching him to go to a targeted area and staying there until you release him with a break. So those are like the foundational things that... I think that every dog should know as early as four months easily. So to teach the heel, what you do is you have to, you don't have to, but it is considerably, it, you have a considerable advantage if you use some sort of piece of equipment that has action. And so if you use a slip leash, that's like the, that's like the first collar other than a martingale that you can start using. And what you would essentially do is you would go into your your house or your property and you would say his name and you would ask him to heal and you'd move forward. And essentially what you would do is if he pulls past your, your legs, you would give him pressure on the leash and pop him on the leash. And, and when he gets into – so you use a lot of operant conditioning essentially. So when he's doing good and he's in the heel, you say good heel and you reward him for that. But, okay, can I interrupt you just a sure. moment? The slip leash situation, mm-hmm. um, I think I've had a slip leash. It's not enough. He's got a very strong, thick neck. He's a mm. gorgeous dog. He's like, he's the most beautiful dog, honestly, mutt. I mean, people stop in their cars at a red light. They roll down their window and they say, what kind of a dog is that? He should be a breed. He's amazing. So he's got a very strong neck. Mm. He doesn't really give a shit. If I, so I need the next step. Yeah, so maybe the, maybe the next step would be like the prong collar or something where it, gi- it it gives you more control. That would be the next step. Okay, I've never used that, but okay. It already hurts me to think about it. It hurts you. Well, yeah, it already hurts my heart to oh. think about that. So the prong collar is 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 the safer safest tool to use in that situation. So that's what I that's the next step. So if you want a next step, that's the next step realistically. Because it's a, it's going to be a safer tool for the reason that you just said, is if he's out okay. there choking himself out and pulling through that slip and it's not enough, like you just said, then the prong collar is going to be the next step to provide your dog that pressure uh, that he needs to be safe okay. without choking himself out. Okay. But again, like you have you have to look at the two differences, right? Of I I'll go to a prong collar because I'm not strong enough to make the slip collar work, I will tell you that. Right. But I think a, his will will overpower my strength right. because it doesn't hurt him enough. I have to give him a stronger message. Like I had a strong-willed son, and some people are motivated just because they want to be. I'm going to go to a prong collar. Can you tell me on my property, like, how how long is a training session? How far should I walk with him? How many yeah. times should I, you know? Yeah, so it would be... Uh... It would be like I always tell people like very small steps, 
And so you would go, you would heal him. Um, f- you, you would say his name and you'd ask him to heal. And you'd go one, two, three, four, five steps. And then you'd say break. And then you'd break him out. And so the, the, the sessions in the beginning are going to be more about the distance and duration of how long you're moving forward. It's not so much about, you know, we got we to gotta work for 10, 15 minutes. You just got to heal him forward and then break him. Heal him forward and then break him. And then as you get better, your distance and your duration will get longer. Do I take him back to the beginning if he doesn't succeed at all in, let's say, three or four of those five small steps? Yeah, I wouldn't be pushing him past the you you want to set him up for success so you you don't want to push him past the point where he's starting to fail you want to do very very small increments okay and the prong collar is just going to apply that pressure more evenly it's not it's not about pain or it's not about how much how much tolerance the dog has it it has to do with pressure so the the prong collar is not sharp or anything. It's not gonna it's not gonna cut into his neck and cause him all this discomfort when 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 the when he's when he's got it on. It has nothing to do with that. I I wouldn't be in business and be where I'm at in my life if that's what I was doing to dogs because that's just sickening. What the prong collar does is it adds pressure evenly around the dog's neck instead of just one point of pressure like the slip will do. If you have a 90 pound very powerful dog. And he pulls through the slip. Two things is, A, he's just going to pull your ass down. And B, if you hold on, it's just going to choke him out. So the prong collar is a way safer tool to use. So so don't think of it as like this overpowering thing that you have to nail him with if he doesn't listen. It's just it's it gives you more control and it gives you a little bit more pressure system to be safer. So as you're healing him forward and say he starts to pass – you would, I usually just go, ah, 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 and I give him a couple pops backwards. And that, that pressure will, will help you guide him with power steering. So kind of like what you were saying earlier is because he's so big and he has all that control, you need power steering to control him. Gotcha. Yeah. I like that. I yeah, like and I can, send you a, I can send you a couple of videos of demonstrating how to put the remote collar, I'm sorry, put the e-collar on, and I can send you some demonstrations on the applications of how it's supposed to be used. So, you know, you have a little bit more context of the it. Pr- the prong collar? I think you said e-collar. But yeah, no, I... Prong collar? Uh, yes, the prong collar. Okay. Yep. So so that's like the first place is you have to... T- basically, what you're teaching him is, hey, man, right here, right here, right here. So when you go out and you say heal and you walk forward, and then if, and, and then if he does good, you say, okay, break, and then you break him out. Okay. Yeah. Now, what if he, after I say break, what if he just persists then in walking forward and, and getting a, in front of me? Yeah, it's a good what, good question. Yeah. So that's uh, what he would do. I'm sure he would be like, oh, okay, now I'm just going to do my usual fuck up walk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. do I, what do I do in the, in the break, right? If I, what do I do to not reinforce the wrong yeah. kind of walk? Yeah, it's a good question, and I think you have to have a little bit of discretion when you're doing this because it's kind of like recess for kids. It's like, you know, when you're learning, you're learning in school, right? Right. So when we're healing, we're paying attention, and we're, we're, we're engaged, and then when we're in recess, you're kind of, you know, able to do whatever you want and get that steam out within reason. Just because you're in break doesn't mean you can take a break and throw it at your friend. Like, that's not appropriate. You're still going to get in trouble for that. So I think okay. you just have to have discretion when he's on his break that he can he can be in front of you because you told him break, but he can't pull you. I, Does that yeah. make sense? 
it does. I don't know how to enforce that though. This is to see, I have, I, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm completely not capable of doing it. I th I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm writing down mm -hmm. what you say. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling I'm going to have to come up there and get help because I can see him outsmarting me, outcuting me. I can see me saying, e -e 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 -e. yeah, well, so a uh, question he... I could, I could hand him a piece of Frankfurter. Well, I that gonna, I could remember to do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, is he food motivated? He does? Heavily. Okay. Like, seriously so, food motivated. Yeah, so if he's... He's a gourmand. He loves my... And by the way, I cook for him. He doesn't really get dog food. Okay. So I try to keep him healthy. So if, 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 he, if he likes that food and he loves that treat, I mean, you're probably not going to have a huge... Because it's a currency game when you're outside. But, um, of course, when you're dealing with the terrier, you do have quite a bit of competition out there with you know, little things yeah. that are moving around. So on your break, what I like to do is I do two things is I, <clears throat> depending on the dog and the handler is I would, I would, I would, you know, draw back. So like if you break him and then you just backpedal two or three steps and then he, he comes to you and then you pay him in front of you and you uh -huh. kind of keep him engaged with you. <clears throat> and then you're, you know, or you can just take a piece, you can just take a couple pieces of kibble or whatever, whatever he likes, and just throw it on the ground and scatter feed him and say, "Okay, break," and then give him something to do. So he's 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 doing something that is good for him, and he's doing something that is productive. Where he's not pulling you, he's on his break. That's what I would do: is I would cut up, you know, little tiny pieces of treats um, or kibble or whatever he likes. That's not gonna be too too much for his stomach, and I would just take it and I would say, "Break," and then I'd, I'd scatter feed him on the ground. Okay, I would use chicken. He loves boiled chicken. Cool. Is that okay. Chop it. Yeah, chop it up super, super, super small. Yeah. So you can use a ton of it, you know, throughout your your healing sessions. Um, and that's the other thing too is you can take that piece of chicken and put it on your left side and kind of lure, what we call lure him. So he so if he gets excited about that food and he puts his he puts his mouth right in your hand, you can say heal, and you can heal him that way as well. And you could kind of because you got to teach him. It, it becomes an inside job. Because you got to teach him, hey, if you pay attention to me and you work with me, life is a lot better than, you know, what what you're trying to do out here, which is hunt potentially. So that's the other like. There's a lot. I, I'm going to send you some videos that I think will be really helpful as well okay. to kind of back this up because I know it is it is it is overwhelming and it is easier said than done, especially if you've never done it. So I am going to send you some videos that I think will be really Thank helpful. You. Yeah. I do tell him outside when we're walking in my backyard or whatever, no hunting. <laughs> I do tell him no hunting. He does know. I think he understands that. You know, yeah. we. I don't know. But anyway, I don't control him. But, you know, uh, I know I don't. So it doesn't matter what I say. But I, I get it. I can tell in a nanosecond when he's going from being focused on me or his purpose outside, which is to pee or poop or just get exercise mm -hmm. and hunting. I could tell in a nanosecond, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. and also my dog is a type It's very communicative. Like he will look at me. Or he'll go to the window and look at me. It'll take really a nanosecond for me to understand he needs to go out. Yeah. Right? We have a very good, and, I'm, and of course I'm focused on him. I have nobody else, so mm -hmm. we do have. I imagine he, if I put the treats in my left hand, yeah, I imagine his nose would be in my hand while we're walking. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's what would happen. That's fine. That's I'm what... a lefty, by the way. It has to be on my left side. Well, you you know it doesn't. You just want to stay consistent <laughs> on on. You got to pick a side. Okay. I just do that. Like left is the proper side. If you okay, want to. Okay, so if he's on my left side, where do I keep the food? Where do I hold the leash? What hand? <clears throat> well, what I well, here's here's what I would do is if if you're gonna use a food target or a lure, 
which is basically taking right. a piece of chicken. And what you'll do is you kind of put it in your hand and make him work it out. So you're not going to be Pez dispensing him. You'll take yeah. a, you take a <laughs> chunk of chicken and basically use your thumb, your pointer finger, and your ring finger, and you'll just hold it. And he'll he'll work his he'll just nibble at it as you go, and that's a great right. way. It's a great way to start capturing these behaviors. And so what you do is, I and put, he's very gentle that way. Good. Very, he's not at all food aggressive or anything. Good. He's very gentle. He uses his lips. Good. That's <laughs> that's perfect. So what I do is, um, I put the leash in my right hand, and I'll and I'll take the that that will kind of give me control, um, and I put the treat in my left hand, and then I'll say heel, and I'll move him forward. And so if he's doing good, so say you're, so say you're in your backyard, right? And you, you're just on a straightaway, right? And, and you, you, you're setting him up. You say, you put the leash in your right hand. So it kind of goes across your, your body, right? Just to hold on to him. Sometimes you can get fancy. I put it behind my back. And that way, if, if I need to give him pressure backwards, I can pull back, but that's a little fancy. So either way, you hold the leash in your right hand. And then you take your lure or your chicken, you put it in your left hand, you say his name, and you say heel, and you move him forward. And if he's in that position, you say good heel, not good boy, not good job, not you're right. doing it. You got to teach him. Use the thing. Exactly. I do that. I do that. So good, good heel. Good come, good stay. Correct. Good whatever. Good pee, good poop. Yeah. yeah. I do that. Cool. And that's it. And so you'll use your leash pressure. If he gets out of whack, you'll kind of give him pressure for that. Okay. And so, I could put the leash behind my back. I've done that to use yeah. my the force of my chubby body to sometimes control him. You know, <laughs> I'm not afraid of falling, but I will just like, you know, stop in my tracks and he stops because the leash is Right. Yeah, that's that's great. It's gone, right? So I, I'm not just depending on uh, an arm and a shoulder. Yeah, that 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 gives you more leverage cuz in order to pull, he'd have to go straight through your your body. And right. if you just if you just lock your legs up, like embrace yourself. He's not going to be it's able harder to do... for him. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't want to pull me down. I mean, he, uh, he's never been to the point where he's so distracted that he pulled me down, but he could. Yeah, he definitely could. And that's okay. where the, that's where the prong collar comes in, uh, as well, because you got to think, so think about your, think about your consequences. And I know that, um, consequences to use is maybe a little new, but you, you just have to think like, you know, when you're raising your son, how much that that mattered. If you just let him do whatever he wanted, you know, his life may be a lot different than it is now. Right. So it's the same thing with your dog is that consequence from the prong collar also is going to matter because it's reinforcement, right? It, it, you know, there's positive reinforcement of um, when you do something, I'm going to pay you for it to encourage you to do it in the future. Makes sense. And then there's positive punishment, which is when you're adding punishment to the equation when he decides to say, screw you, I'm out. But again, like that punishment, it, it, so so that you got to remember that that punishment is going to save his life. And, right. that, and that matters to you. And it ma of course, it matters to him. So if if you're so, so let's 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 put it into a situation. So if your heel is good now and your leave it is good and you've been working on it, we'll talk about leave it in a minute and you're at the pet store. Right, and then he's locked in on the ferrets or the chipmunks or whatever the hell parrots are in the pet store, and you say heal, and he's like, mm, yeah, but ferrets, and then you <laughs> give you give him you give him some pressure on the prong, and you say, hey, let's go, and you give him pressure, he's gonna he's gonna be, you know, almost a hundred times more likely to deactivate off of off of that prey and not make a mistake rather than 
mm-hmm. sit there and just not listen because if because before if you're using just a harness on a 90 pound animal the harness is intended for the the animal's benefit to pull that's why they... I know I, I actually let him drag me around I, I let him like I do a light jog and I let him I know it's a completely confusing thing that's not how I usually walk in the street but I've done that so he but he knows the difference when I put two hands on the leash mm. and one hand he knows now is the time mom wants to do a little old lady jog mm-hmm. and he pulls me like we're in you know the Iditarod or something mm-hmm. and, he and can... He can do the same. He knows the difference. I mean, they're very smart. They're making choices. They want to please you. Yeah. They know what they want. They know what you want too, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah, yeah, to some degree, absolutely. Like they know when it's okay and when it's not okay. But when it comes down to his prey drive over what you have to say, yeah. then like, then I'm in I'm in, yeah. I'm up Shit's Creek. Correct. Or or could be. I know I could be. Certainly. I'm willing to take the chance myself, but I cannot let anybody else take that chance. I, I need to have the freedom, right? right? He has to be trained so that I have freedom to let somebody else That's right. handle him. Yeah, it's now, tough Now, I have love. a question for you. Is yeah. it fair to do all this to this dog at nine and a half years? I mean, he, he's a shepherd, staffy. I mean, he might only have a year left. Is this totally, like, mean of me to do this? I think it's the best thing for him because he's finally going to get that structure that he's been craving his whole life. Okay. Be- okay, so like my job, you know, is is to dive into canine behavior to the fullest extent, whether it's coyotes, wolves, dogs, whatever, right? And so I can tell you from experience that a dog without structure is not the happiest dog. I don't want to say they're not happy. They're just not the happiest. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> what that means is is if he doesn't have that structure of things he can do and things he absolutely can't do with 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 really high definition of understanding those things with with great binary opposites of okay I know this is right I know this is wrong and I know I'm going to get in trouble if you don't dogs tend to just be roommates and they love you to death but he's my roommate that is a perfect example yeah. he gets and he's not as happy as he could be i Correct. understand because he gets confused he doesn't uh-huh. know his boundaries sometimes exactly and he it's a pressure on him to have to think him there you go to, i could see him trying to uh-huh. think his way through what am i which one am i supposed to do now yeah i i understand i mean it's like a person too when we have oh, yeah. consistency and expectations that are clear and boundaries with consistency, we can move through life much more that's right. freely yeah, than that's... if things keep changing or they're, they're just shape-shifting and it's like, fuck, it. I don't know what to do. I, I get it, and I know uh, it's my failure that he didn't get that from me. He really is motivated to please. Yeah. He is a, you know, he's highly, that's the German shepherd in him, I guess. I don't know, and then the love thing in him, the, the pit bull I think it's just, just dogs in general. You know, they dogs just, in general, yeah, yeah, I love all dogs. You're right; they're just so loving. It's amazing. Yeah. But they need that structure, and that's the they do. So that's your answer: is once you start providing that structure, he's going to go. Oh my gosh! Thank you. You know, I've just seen. Dog. Thank God, I can die happy yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they they kind of go through life like again, like you know, when I start having these conversations with people, and some people who even watch my videos, they just don't understand the bigger picture of of. I'm not saying your dog's not happy because they are happy, but they're not the happiest. And right, he's not reaching his full potential. He's correct. not as happy as he could be. Yeah. He's not as relaxed because at any moment that question of what what now correct. could come up. Whereas if he knew, yeah. you know, if he knew he that would you, like not have that. I yeah. get it. Yeah, if he knew that you had like the full control because you work on it every day, he'll be happier. 
He won't have to, you know, and then when he gets into a predicament like the ferret thing, you know, it's just like with kids, you know, they're sitting there and they're kicking and screaming because they want this on the shelf. And you're like, you can't have that. We got to go. I mean, you can't just sit there and wait for, you know, that's the same thing as, as, as the employee walking by in the Toys R Us store and your kid's socking the employee in the face. Right. I know. Well, what I know. The hell? Like I said, to begin with, though, unfortunately for me, I had a highly motivated child to do all yeah. the right things, except a couple of very bad things. When I like run across the street, I slapped him so his skin would sting so he would remember this physically, like never, ever run into traffic again kind of thing. Right. That, But yeah. uh, so so I was lucky to have that kind of kid. So this is not that kind. This is not a poodle. My dog, you know, like he's like you tell him once and they're like, OK, I got it. You know, it's yeah. like, OK, I got it. But that's not what I want to do. And I'm not doing it or I forgot or, you know, yeah. he's dopey. He's got this heart, you know, whatever his thing is. Right. Yeah. And I just I just think people like even poodles are working hunting dogs. So it's like I think they're amazing, yeah. though. They they almost train themselves. Yeah. And I just think people have this this idea that dogs are just going to fulfill their life with love and happiness and it's just it's it's not the same it's like what you know i just i i did a blog about this on my members club and i talked about i went on vacation for five days in aspen vale and breckenridge colorado by the third day i was losing my mind you know because i needed something to do so my point is is dogs dogs just (laughs) You know, vacations it's be- can be hard, exact- right? <laughs> yeah, it's like they you need yeah. more. You can't just you can't just you know go downtown and shop every single day. It's like okay, now I need something to do. And dogs are the same way. It's like every day they wake up and they're like, I have nothing to do today. So, you know, it could be worse. I mean, you could have a lot more problems on your hands. But I think you just have to start controlling situations. Yeah, he lays around with me a lot. He was a homeless dog, by the way, and he he lived outside with a homeless person. And so he actually doesn't like to go out that much. How crazy is that? Okay, I never had a dog that. But so he's kind of more happy to be a couch potato than you might think. But I it's okay. That's just his particular Uh idiosyncrasy still fits 100 percent into what you're saying. Yeah. Like you're spot on 100 percent. I just want, you know, in this conversation to understand that. Every, like a person, he has his own little idiosyncrasy. He is kind of a little bit of a couch potato. And he, you know, sometimes he wakes up and thinks, great, I can eat. I go out and pee and then I can mm-hmm. lie back down on this bed again. Sure. Yum, yum, yum. So, you know, that's what he's doing. That's on his agenda. He's going to like rest from nine to 10 and he's going to uh, relax from <laughs> 10 to 11. He is sure. a little bit like that. I think he's happy to be like that. I think he had a very rough life before this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's my life. And, that is what I ask of him to keep me company while I'm like a lump on a log because I'm feeding him and loving him and taking good care of him and walking him. So maybe I'm not providing him with the stimulation that he needs and he right. has adapted to me. Yeah. I, I can't get into like self loathing <laughs> because of that. I just, you yeah. know, he's my pet. He's not my job and he's not my kid. And so I feel like it's okay to let him just lie around which I know isn't the best life for him, but it's a better life than he had before. Do I sound guilty? Sound a guilty. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think these are things that dog owners if, um, get go through all the time, and I think it's normal and I think it's fair. I just think like it's good that you're having the realization of, okay, well maybe he could be doing a lot more to be happier, and that's 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 great. Yeah. 
I mean, I had another, my other dog was so demanding. If I didn't take him off leash in the reservation for at least an hour and a half every day, he tore my house up. Right. Woodwork, the door, my shoes, you name it. He was impossible. This dog is very well behaved. He's such a good boy. He doesn't beg at the table. He he doesn't destroy anything in the house. I mean, so he he doesn't like force me yeah. <laughs> to give him anything else. You know, you get it, right? You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, just to just to re- recap, peers, I think the other things that that you should be doing with him is is you, you know you're kind of starting to to understand the things that you need to do and holding him accountable. I think is really big. So there's some other exercises that you can start doing other than the heel and the break. But the, um, so overall, you, you know, you just kind of went over your routine with him and the things that you're doing, you know, just hanging out at the house. If you start giving him more structured exercises and testing him or studying, I call it studying, right? So if the, if the big test is outside, then you're going to be studying every day inside. And some of those things that you can be doing is um, like when you walk up to your back door for your outside or your side Mm -hmm. door, your front door, just asking him to sit. So I'm going to walk you through like a very basic exercise that will help you develop a better relationship with him pretty quick. Do you feel like do you feel like he knows sit pretty good? Uh, I think he knows it very good, but he oftentimes looks at me like. You're gonna do this f-ing anyway. I don't have to sit for that. Okay. Yeah. So he knows it though, because listen, if if he see, if, a, if a stranger is in my house and they have a piece of food, and he, he there he will sit like at attention, like he's in the goddamn army, and stare at them. And yeah. if he gets up, he'll sit down. He knows he's supposed to sit. And if they tell him to sit, he sits. Right. If I tell him to sit, it's kind of like you're not serious. Right. But that's that transfers to everything else too. So just know that that that's exactly. I, yeah. I don't know. He gets away with hell. Yeah. So then when he's outside. Except his he... hell is not so bad, right? Right. The, funny, the bad thing is that his hell is totally okay with me in my little cocoon life. It's just when we're outside and there right. are other dogs. But right? the re- That's Yeah. The but the reality is, is if, if you look at the potential hell of what it could be because of the lack thereof, then he could die. Yeah. You know? So, so it, it can be pretty brutal for him if, if you don't shape them up or, or shape up some of the things that you're doing with them. So that's, that's why, like, I don't want to get dark with people, but I, I try to explain to people, like, I, I know that you're trying to give him the, the best life in what human form may look like of sleeping on the couch all day and not, not doing much. But the reality is, is if you don't start developing your relationship with control and respect and accountability, then when you, so that, that's it, right? So when you ask him the city, he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then you pay him anyway. So when you go out and you say heal or leave it, and he wants to go out. He's after, like, yeah, yeah, bullshit. Same, same thing. <laughs> You're so, a pushover. So, so, yeah, and so this exercise will be helpful for you. So you get your prong collar on, you get your leash on. You go up to a, a door, <clears throat> which is like a threshold for dogs. And it's also a portal where they're like, okay, we're going to go through this next. And you start working on your impulse control. So all you do is you say his name. You tell him to sit. You don't ask him to sit. You tell him to sit. So don't go sit, sit sit okay you just say his name and you say sit and if he doesn't sit that's where you give him pressure you don't have to slam on the collar you don't have to try to hurt him that's not what you're trying to do you're not trying to scare him all you're trying to do is give give him immediate accountability when you ask him to do something and he flips you off 
Just like with, okay, because yeah, I don't want to teach him to ignore me. No, no, right, exactly, because the which is like sit, 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 uh -huh. sit. Yeah, so I don't do that, by the way. <laughs> I know that I would, and I even say to him, "You're trying to teach, you're trying to get me to teach you to ignore you," and I usually just walk away. Right, but again, like all those little things, like you're trying to teach me to ignore you. If you say that to him, it's just as it's just as good as saying, I know. It's sit. like bullshit, right? Yeah. So just be just know, be mindful. Like, yeah, I know. If, so if he doesn't do it, I give him a little pressure. Yeah, you hold pressure and, up until he puts his butt and, on the ground and, until he sits. Correct. Pressure, continuous pressure, or just a little dip to remind um, him. I, I would just give him a little bit of pressure in the beginning. You know, just a pop, 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 pop. You know, say, hey, you're basically ignore. You're, you're ignoring him. You are annoying him. Hey, hey, sit, 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 sit. Like tapping okay. somebody on the shoulder. And then if that doesn't work, then you just hold pressure until he puts his butt on the ground. Um, okay. And, and then what you do is you start. You start, you start kind of flexing and exercising these thresholds, like the, the door or um, whatever. And so you grab the door handle, and boom, he's going to get up. And so that's where sit has to. So again, it's like go to your room. Uh, they go to the room, and then they're like, "Ooh, they my can't favorite. just come out again. They Correct. have to stay in their room." <laughs> Correct, because if they come out again, then it, it bubbles up everywhere, right? You're like, "Be home at nine. Right? They're like, "Oh, nine thirty is good with me, right?" So you just have to make sure that you're, again, that's the accountability. I always talk about the little and the big and the micro and the macro. So when mm -hmm. you're out with him and you tell him to heal and there's this, you know, another dog around, he, you know, he's got a, your relationship right now doesn't tell him that that's going to be held accountable. He's like, when I want to do something, I, I am checked out with you. So it starts in the house. So that's all you do is you ask him to sit. So it's going to take you probably maybe a couple of days to really get that sit in because he's so used to, to doing what he wants without any corrections or punishment or consequences, right? So then you start testing it by grabbing the door and you got to make sure that you hold that sit until you break him out. And it sounds very simple, but it's not. Majority of dog owners who have behavioral problems can't do this exercise for about a week. And so this is something that I want you to start, to start putting you in the driver's seat. I've tried this after watching your videos with the sit, mm -hmm. and I, um, I, you know, I, I end up just being, oh, never mind, and I walk away. Yeah. Because um, the amount of consistency is like so annoying. That's where I, <laughs> my thing with my son is is like I would tell him, and he would do it. I just happened to be lucky, right? Yeah. Like like he was a poodle. Like I just tell him, and he yeah. does it. But this dog is like, yeah, I know what to do, but I'm, I already told you that. But I'm not going to do it right now. Yeah. Or maybe, I, you know. So it's like, ugh, and I walk away. Yeah. So I know it's going to take me a couple of days. Yeah, so you got to work on that accountability um, and then and then work through it. So there's that. That's what you got to work on right now. Um, and then you go out and you start working on all the other stuff. And I would do this. So when you're doing this, do it, you know, five or six times throughout the day, maybe a little bit more. Um, and work on this, and then see how you see how you end up. I'm gonna send you the collar, the prong collar. I think you should get. I'm also gonna send you um, some videos. I think you should start watching. Thank you. And then I want you to work on this. And then, yeah, if in the future you want to come up and and get some hands-on stuff with me, you certainly can. Um, how do I get you? Well, that, that's the thing. Yeah, the out-of-state program. So the, the program that you were talking about where you stay at the local hotel and you stay for but two and a half days. I get days. you? I don't yeah. get, I mean, I'm, I want you. Yeah, you get me. Yeah, that's that program. That's, that's the only training I do at the facility is that program. 
I don't do any other okay. like private training or anything like that because my schedule. So that program is specifically with working with me um, for two and a half days uh, in a group atmosphere, which will be big for you because there'll be real life distractions and we'll go through all this stuff because there's a lot more that needs to be done with muzzle conditioning and all that stuff. But, you know, so so that's something that you can do in the future or you can just do this again and then we can get into the other half of the things that we need to do. Okay, thank you. I do have a muzzle forum, and I have, you know, uh, I hate to use it because it's my problem. Also, I want him. I want him. This is this is bad. But I am this old little lady, and I actually like. He well, he takes a lot of freedom from me. He also gives me a lot of freedom. I can go anywhere I want with him, right? Because people look at him and they say, "I'll I'll fuck with somebody else." I do like that, and if I put a muzzle on him, I feel like I lose that freedom. Like somebody could punch me or whatever. So he knows how to wear a muzzle in the house. I mean, yeah. I've I've trained him with that, you know, and he doesn't like it, but he's okay with it. But I don't want to put a muzzle on him because he doesn't give me. It takes away something that I need from him. You understand? You know, like it's not all about him. He has to give me stuff back. And if I'm going out with him and I'm going for a long walk in the park, which I do do. I mean, I, he doesn't sit on the couch all the time. We do walk a lot, and I love to walk. I'm an outside person. Uh-huh. And uh, I take him places that I would never have the courage to go myself. And I don't want him muzzled. You, you can understand that, right? I can. But, you know, the, the way that I look at it is, is it's almost a selfish thing to do, though, because if, it is selfish. Yeah. I said that from the beginning. He's yeah. giving something back to me. It is selfish. I am actually saying now your, your job, you have a job now, right? Mm-hmm. My job is to take good care of you. And your job now is while we're walking and exercising and enjoying it is to actually protect me should something happen. I, I'm, I'm OK with that job, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I'm okay with that because I, 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 I spend a lot of effort in my life and love and even money on this dog. All right, he goes to the vet, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't feel bad about that. I don't want it to be a hundred percent about the dog. Otherwise, you know, why have a dog, right? I mean, and I, I have a dog because of its mutual thing, right? So, just yeah. want you to know where I stand on that. I feel it's okay to say to him, you know, you're a, you're a weapon now. Yeah. But then when he becomes a weapon and, and, you know, kills another dog and he gets put down, then it's over. I get that, which is why I try not to put him in those situations. Yeah. So I walk in the park at weird times. Sure. You know, where there might be a weird guy and I don't want the kid, the dog muzzled. I just, you know, so just put that out there for you. I just wanted you to know that. Yeah, I understand. And, but, but, to be fair, uh, is, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of dogs that have had muzzles on and it doesn't, if he's, if he's going to go after somebody to protect you, it's not going to matter if that muzzle's on or not. Really? Oh my gosh. Have you ever had a dog actually, a 90 pound dog fur missling at you to try to bite your face off regardless of what, what you are, no. you're going to disengage, no. trust me, you, you know, you, unless you're getting, unless it's your job, you are not. You are if a dog like that is actively coming at you or running after you, whether there's a plastic thing on his face or not, you are disengaging off of whatever the hell they're they're engaging on. I could promise you that. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, you're. Yeah, no, yep. Do and, most people know that though? I mean, I would think most. Well, you got. I was stupid enough to think, oh, a muzzled dog can't really hurt me. He can throw me down, but he can't bite me. Well, yeah, okay, but here here's the thing: is is if you have a dog that is 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 running after you and growling and snarling and you can hear 
the viciousness of them trying to actually rip the rip the skin off your your bones. You and get they're scared. Punch- <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry about the teeth being out because anybody that is is going to go past that, you know, it's it's you know, it's, it's I I'm just saying like I know what you're saying, I understand it um and 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 whatever, but my job is also to give you my experiences as a as a canine professional to let you know that with that muzzle on or off, if that dog is growling and actively trying to go after somebody, they're running away anyway. Okay. They're not going to look and say, oh, well, he's muzzled. I can get away with this. Because if your dog is actually going to protect you and actually engage into somebody, it's not going to matter. I see. So then come, yeah, I understand that like only 5% of dogs will actually protect you or less. Right. And I really don't know if he would. I know for sure he'd kill right. another little dog, but I don't know if he would protect <laughs> yeah. me. So, so, yeah, you're saying things out loud that I know you know is, is, is making sense. So you know 100% he'll kill another dog and end up being euthanized and dead on the table by himself in a cold room, right? But you, right. there's a 5% chance that any dog would me. ever protect <laughs> you. And if, they, right. and if they did and the muzzle's on, they're still going to protect you. So again, gotcha. you have to outweigh that's piece, your. That's a piece I didn't understand. Yeah, trust me when I say that. There's not too many people that would love a dog like that coming after them with a muzzle on or not, because I've dealt with plenty of those dogs and it's never fun. So yeah, I don't think you have to worry about it. <clears throat> so again, okay. you got to outweigh your balances, you know. But if he if he right. if he runs off and you're not paying attention because you're picking up his poop and there's another dog and he kills the dog, and now you're not only getting sued but now you have to put him down. It's going to be your fault. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, that's motivation for this call. Well, this has been super helpful. So I look forward to the um, the recommendation for the prong yeah, collar. That o- yeah, I'll send that over today. And and the video that you're talking about. I'm going to start working on making him accountable yeah. and, and, and heal. Yeah. And um, if, I'm, if I'm successful, I'm going to be highly motivated to bring him upstate cool. to get further. If I'm not successful, I might be so discouraged that I just go back to my, you know, living like life in a hole. I don't know. Okay. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to bring him to the next level. Okay. Well, we'll be here and just keep working at it and good luck with you. Okay. Thank you so very you're, much. You're Aren't you guys we're at the end of the podcast, which means I'm going to answer 3 of your reviewed questions. Uh, first one is is by Jess hates this app, which is hilarious. Uh, best teachings to have a great dog, which means Jess probably made an account uh, on iTunes or did something on iTunes and just wanted to ask a question. So thank you, Jess, for the question. Five star review. Thank you so much. As you guys know, we do this 100% for free. Spend a lot of time on it, recording this and putting it out. So it mean the world to me. Even if you don't have a question uh, to review the podcast, found you looking for a personal trainer to better understand how to best train my dog. Your videos are extremely helpful and informative. Thank you. When you use your target command, does your dog have to go, does your dog go to any location you point at and lay? So I don't have a specific down that's implied with my place. So there's that. So my dog just has to put all fours on whatever the touch command is. Um, But yes, essentially my dog, Lakota, when I point at something or when I tell her to go to a touch, she is to go there on command. And that could be a chair, it could be the bed, it could be anything that I point at, the dog will will go to. Um, And the way that I've done that is I basically take one place command and I teach the dog place. Once the dog understands and captures and really understands it fully, that going to this place 
means that they're getting paid and it's an it's it's a joyous thing for them. Then what I do is I get another place command out similar or the same about five feet away and I'll say place over here, place over here, place over here and I kind of go back and forth and I'm pointing as I'm placing. And so that kind of helps me teach the dog that whatever I point at or whatever my direction is at, that's where the dog has to go. So that's the way that I, I do that, Jess. Thank you so much for the review. And it was a pleasure answering your question. So we have another question coming in from Cassie Girl, another five-star review. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Love the pod and my question. So thanks for the podcast. Tom is a great, great tool because I can educate myself all day, even when I'm busy. Cool. I have a question about dealing with separation anxiety. I'm working to be a strong pack leader and not a not a something mother, dotting mother, mother? Doting? Doting? I don't know. I know that that's the most important thing right now, and I have a new foster dog in the house, and I can keep him on a leash anytime he isn't created, so I always have means to correct him. However, this also means that he gets, he literally is always with me. And when I get up to go somewhere, he comes with me because he has to. He is prone to separation anxiety, so I'm wondering if the leash system is contributing to the problems. By teaching him to stay stuck on me, am I harming the sense of security and independence? It could be. Um, I, I'm not sure why the dog is is on your hip. Um, if it's just to create like a good relationship or a better relationship between you two, I think doing the place and stay um, and integrating in heavier distractions as you go, meaning I would teach the place stay in the beginning, get better and better and better and better. And as you go, then you'll be able to do more things without the dog on the place. Um, so giving your dog a job and telling them to stay there and, and getting better at that, I think will be better than keeping the leash on the dog. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what I would do is, is keeping him into a place and getting him to work. And if that means keeping your other dogs, maybe in another room while you're practicing, this would be better. Um, so I definitely think like if your dog has separation anxiety or codependency issue, and um, you're having to tether them to your hip, I don't think it's helping. I think that you should start pushing the dog away to, to some more independence through the place command and the stay. Um, so I hope that that helps, and thank you for the review. Aubrey, uh, love this podcast, five stars. Thank you so much, Aubrey, appreciate you. Hey, Tom, I love listening to the podcast. I've learned so much about my dog and the No Bad Dog community. As you saw from my post in the No Bad Dog Official Club, my dog Jack ran away the other day and we thankfully got him back. I wanted to know how you'd approach the runaway situation. And of course, the goal is to prevent, but in the situation that they do take off, what do you do to get them back? Uh, I think the first thing is, is um, the, I mean, if your dog is going to be off leash, like that's why I always recommend the remote collar because the remote collar is, is just one of those things that responsibly can get your dog back. So if, if you are going to have your dog off leash, I think that the, the e-collar is going to be the safest thing, but I, I know and understand that not everybody can afford or, um, do the e-collar training. So I think, um, you know, having a strong recall in general is, is essentially what you would do. And you would basically do it the same way just without the e-collar. So you do like a 30-foot long line, and you would ask the dog, you know, you, you say the dog's name, you say, Jack, come. And then if he doesn't, you give him a little bit of pressure because essentially you're dealing with a currency game. So inside you would teach recall, very non-distracted. Um, so I think, it, I, I, I guess my point is, is foundationally it goes back down to the basics. You'd have to go back down to the basics in order um, to really <clears throat> get a good recall. 
So we talk about this all the time as I always tell people like, no, you don't have to use an e-collar. No, I'm not saying you have to. I just advocate for how to use it right if you do choose to um, use modern technology for recall. So I think um, that's what I would do is get back down to the basics on recall get back down to the basics of working inside with um, minimal distractions in the beginning. Jack, come, yes, bang, break. Jack, come, yes, bang, break, etc. And then you start transferring outside, and then you would just use like a martingale. You say, Jack, come, and if he ignores you, you pop the collar. Because again, like you, you have to have, the way that animals think, you guys, is you have to have some sort of consequence when they know a behavior really well and they can hear you loud and clear, do not cross that road. I know what you want, but I'm not going to do it because there's a squirrel or Mickey Mouse on the other side. That's a problem. That's deadly. You have to have consequences for noncompliance in these situations. I can't tell you how many dogs I've seen die because of the lack thereof. So if you're, if you're not using e-collar uh, work, all you would have to do is you would just get that long line out and pop the dog. But then, of course, you know, again, like the e-collar is the only way you can correct that dog and hold them accountable off leash but so that's what i would do get back down to your basics and just understand even the remote collar it's not it's not 100 percent. so i think you know i think it really just comes down to your your recall and um the other thing is is just your exercise with your dog um if a dog is not fulfilled um they will be more likely to run away so if they're bored or they get that one opportunity to run away they will so you got to be conscious and mindful of that. Hope that helps. Um, hope you guys are well. Again, if you want me to answer your questions, all you guys have to do is go to the iTunes review page, leave a review, and in that review, you can ask your questions. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.